this is this is a waste up only a waste uh, podcast. Let me let me get my <laughs> my drinks in order so I don't have to like dangle in front of you and I'm getting a drink. <laughs> Wait, <you're... laughs> let me get my drinks in order so I don't dangle in front of you. Are you sure you're talking? <laughs> What's that? Oh my god. You said, hello, you said, let me get my drinks in order so I don't dangle in front of you. And you're also talking about not wearing pants. So, (laughs) well, I I mean, yeah, it was sort of an intentional. uh, I hope. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was on purpose or not. (laughs) Ian said, I got to put on pants. He's like, let me move my drink so I don't dangle it in front of you. Welcome, everyone, to Back in My Day. My name's David Petrangelo, and I have the not-so-stereotypical millennials joining me today. Uh, I'm joined by... Michael R. Power. And Ian Walter. Hello, gentlemen. How, uh, I guess, Mike, we'll start with you. How's, how's everything been the last, uh, last little bit? How's everyone holding up? Everyone is holding up uh, pretty good. Pretty good. As yeah. good as it can be. And Mr... Yeah. Uh, Still, a Mr. World, but, Still a different world. Still a different world. <laughs> getting used to it almost like getting used to the new normal and the pandemic and staying inside and things are open but it's different but it's it's okay yeah so at least where we are in canada it's okay yeah from where we are yeah considering considering such a big city uh in toronto we're we're yeah, uh, getting there yeah what about you mr ian well all goods here you know i'm just walking the town like denzel from the book of Eli. that's what i'm doing <laughs> <But> yeah <laughs> No, it's, it's all good. Not, We're staying safe. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, as long as everyone's okay, quick quick check-in kind of thing is always uh, is always good. Um, so, so there's a decent amount that's happened this week. There's been um, news that we want to talk about. We, we don't always do this, but when we do, it's it's sort of cuts back into our back-in-my-day sort of feel and, and segments and things like that. Overall, um, overall theme of, of the podcast and, and part of the reason why is because uh, it doesn't seem like it at first but the news out of DC is that Ben Affleck is going to reprise his role of Batman in the latest Flash movie that's supposed to be coming out I think two years from now so I think it's 2022 I could be wrong if it's 2021 um, it seems like this was news that was you know, not going to happen at all because he quote unquote retired from being Batman just over a year ago and said they weren't going to do any more movies with them. And it was just, it is what it is. They're moving on and it's Robert Pattinson. That's kind of what we're looking forward to, right? Which, okay, sounds great. The Batman looks cool and everything, but also in this same news that came out of um, Vanity Fair originally was that Michael Keaton is also going to reprise his role as Batman in the Flash movie. So not only is it bringing back a Batman from just a couple of years ago and just a couple of movies that a lot of people might say hasn't hasn't had his fair shake or maybe didn't like him and that's totally fine too but he's coming back and then they're also bringing in a like the OG Batman movie well I guess big screen sort of blockbuster Batman back for it as well um I don't know guys what do you think when when you guys can jump in what do do you think of the let's I guess we'll start with the with the Ben Affleck stuff because that's the the well, that was the big news for me because I, yeah. I had already known about Keaton coming back, which I knew he was just going to be sort of a cameo kind of thing and an ode to probably 89's Batman, right? But it didn't seem like a substantial return, whereas 
even a small cameo from Ben Affleck is a huge leap because it's it's maintaining the continuity from uh, the other Batman. So yes, yeah, yeah. I guess the Keaton stuff they they said, but then in in the article, um, the director was telling Vanity Fair that Keaton's even going to be a significant part. I don't know if that just means significant because the plot point that he's a part of. Um, but Mike, I'm gonna. You know this storyline, or at least a little bit more of like how this sort of multiverse type of world kind of works. Too one, what do you think of it? And two, why does it make sense to bring these two bat Batmen, I guess, into right. a Flash movie of all places? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think it's awesome because this is something they're bringing over from the comic books to the screen, which is the idea of multiverses, which is an idea that um, they use in the comics in Marvel and DC to tell like other stories that don't affect the main continuity right so you could so you have this thing where it's like there's the main universe where the main like bruce wayne batman exists and he's the way you remember him but there's also an infinite amount of multiverses where there are other batmans and if a writer has an interesting story he can like tell that story and batman can be a woman or it can be thomas wayne or whatever right and um so there's that idea so that that using that idea you can also tie in every single dc movie that's been made and make it all canon in the DCU by saying they're all different multiverses. Um, so you can have Batman, Michael Keaton, Batman, Batfleck all exist in the same universe that way, right? So it's a very cool, clever idea from the comics. And then also to put it in a Flash movie because there's this Flash story called Flashpoint. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, Flash is able to travel. Um, he's so fast, he can like sometimes travel through multiverses. So he's the character that can like interact with all the different. Um, versions of the heroes and stuff like that so it's cool so it's the perfect character to tie in it's also really really awesome idea to make all of the dc movies like canon as different their different universes and also uh what was it it was val kilmer i think is also rumored to possibly at least he's going to the dc fandom event and so the rumors are maybe he'll also be in so maybe they can bring back all all the batman from all the previous movies and There's that, and then the I movie. think it's, yeah, I think he's there too, because it is, which movie was his? Was his Batman and Robin? Forever, I think. Batman Forever, and it was, mm -hmm. it's like the 20 or 25 year anniversary of it or something like uh, that, okay. so that's part of it, but, but, mm -hmm. why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? I would love but to see him too. I think it's a good excuse, like, like, if, if people are sort of, people sort of snicker at those movies, like the Kilmer one, and, the, and, and, and that, you know, the, the um, Schumacher uh, I, he did what two, two Batman or three? and Robin, Batman and Robin, and yeah. stuff. You know, like why not? Yeah, like basically, it almost feels like just because now I have Arnold in my head too. It's like the um, oh my god, now it just slipped my head. What's the movie with uh, Stallone and Arnold and and all the action guys? The Expendables. The Expendables. Oh, the Expendables. But yeah, but it's going to be the Batman <laughs> DC Expendables. <laughs> like, that's what well, it's yeah, be. that's true. <laughs> They also um, they also did this on the CW like verse where they like did the Flashpoint story and they brought I think they brought someone like Brandon Routh or someone to play like Superman again. Um, oh, in it, eh? Okay, so it's, it's interesting. It's really really like neat idea to be like oh every movie uh, every movie is in is canon and it's something that Grant Morrison did recently in the comics with the multiverse multiversity I think it was called. Really cool comments where he kind of like he like he's a big DC like historian and he kind of went through all the different versions of all the different characters and like gave them all like kind of like mapped out which world they all belong to and they did this big crossover event that crossed over through all the different 
multiverses. It was pretty epic. It was crazy. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's really good news. I just think it's it's good for the DCEU or whatever you want to call it now. Yeah. But like the DC films in general are gonna are gonna all sort of benefit from this kind of uh, collaboration, unless it's obviously terrible. But I mean, yeah. at the same time, <laughs> uh, they don't really have like like I would say it would do more uh, positive things for DC movies. But I mean, just, just the, if they're gonna be cameos or if they're gonna play like actually significant parts within the flashpoint movie like batman actually plays a significant role um yeah, yeah. And there's time it travel involved here. and stuff like that so yeah i mean it says here that the um that you know machete it says in the interview here that like they they both keaton and affleck play significant roles but i would assume the keaton one is going to be significant because it's from a different like it's it's always going to be significant if it's from a different universe like i can understand that sort of wordplay yeah like leonard nimoy showing up in star trek or something like that right something like that but what's interesting what another mike as you're explaining sort of why it kind of makes sense and why it's kind of cool is that the flash from the most recent movies uh is it ezra miller is that who's yeah yeah it it makes sense that to him batman is ben affleck's version of batman because that's That's all he knows right so if he's going through all these multiverses, he's the current Batman. And then they're going to, however they figure it out, it makes sense that he kind of needs to be there. Because if all of a sudden he looks like someone else, right. then it not only pulls you as the audience out of it, but it's hard to sort of believe that he thinks that it's the same Batman. You know what I mean? Right. If, that, if that makes sense? Like it's sort of, they're, they're bringing continuity while also just finding a, a lot of excuses to kind of <laughs> bring everybody back. Now but that like you said, that, I think it like, works. Uh, that. Ben Affleck being in the movie is actually not, not like that's almost expected because you're right. They're in Justice League together. You expect to see maybe Gal Gadot or Ben Affleck appear in the Flash movie, but the Michael Keaton one is definitely the much bigger news. I, I think that's it's the, yeah. I, I think it's slightly more interesting because it's like, is he going to wear the old suit? Is he? Mm-hmm. Are they going back to that version? Like, are we are we going to go back to the Tim Burton? version of gotham like is it going to look like that when he goes back to that spot like because that would be cool because all of a sudden you now look you're in a different era one and two you're in a completely different almost what feels like a completely different setting because let's be honest tim burton everything is different than any other movie or real world so i feel like that just the look itself might make it interesting enough to yeah it'd be it'd be really cool if they adapted um burton's gotham for sure um I think for me, just having him come back and then for fans, like I actually liked Batfleck, so I'm like one of those guys who want to see like a good closure on his story, where a lot of fans didn't think he was going to come back ever. So that's probably one of the pluses when you couple that with the fact that we're getting Travis, uh, sorry, the Snyder Cut. Um, that's, the, uh, that's the kicker, because then you get kind of a different version of Batfleck and a little bit of closure to his story if he doesn't return after Flashpoint or Flash. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, you know what? Like, I think it's I think it's interesting. I think we're gonna obviously the, su- the closer we get to this, the more info we'll get, and hopefully by then we can actually go to the theater to see something like this. <laughs> Screeper fingers crossed. Um, but they got a lot of time to figure it out. And then on top of that, like you know, all the DC news that's that's going on this this last week or two, um, we'll build upon this, and then we'll get closer and closer to figure out exactly what these guys um, have involved in this flash movie so this makes this movie more exciting for me 
Um, not just because of Ben Affleck, but just the fact that they're getting into more detail about what they're going to do with this multiverse. So I'm excited. It sounds like we all kind of are, yeah. are pretty I mean, excited and happy with this choice. Yeah, you guys both nailed it with the word multiverse. I mean, Spider-Verse kind of eases us in as an audience to the idea on the big screen anyways. Mm -hmm. And uh, as comic book fans, we've always known that this stuff was possible, but it's it's crazy that we're actually seeing it in movies now. Yeah, so yeah that's, they're, go that's they're going the, for it. And that's the thing. So, so you could even extend it beyond 89 Batman, which is amazing. But you could also start thinking about the Batman and Joker and all these things. And are they going to try and sort of fly through all these different realities yeah yeah absolutely. the joker yeah the, three, yeah, the four and... different jokers and they can all exist in the same universe or oh, we're gonna bring whatever back multiverse jack, jack nicholson's coming yeah. back <laughs> well that would be crazy what if it was like a 89 continuation and you had somehow yeah. revived joker and he's older and like uh, that'd be crazy or it or they bring it back right in the middle of all the when all the shit's happening you know what i mean like stuff like that would be kind of cool so they, they could do so much with it right like they do in the comics there's so many different moments in time that they could come back at and i think that in itself is like I don't know, it makes it makes it interesting. I think it makes it definitely interesting. Like you said, with Spider-Verse, the second you know that that's what that movie was kind of about and how it all worked and stuff, it was it made it more exciting, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, speaking of uh, of all the 80s movies, Mike, uh, we had a really or you had a really good idea for another topic. Mike's the ideas guy, as usual. Um, <laughs> we'll take a quick break before we get to it. But just to tease ahead, Mike, what are we going to be talking about? Oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about so this. Uh... As what inspired me was the news on the planes, trains, automobiles um, remake. So we'll talk about that a little bit, and then we're also going to have some fun and do uh, each pick a movie from the '80s that we will recast for a new remake. So that's right in the same in the same light. Okay, cool. Yeah. Tease ahead. Look at that. We're so professional. All right. Um, we will see everybody in just a couple minutes. back everybody um we've uh talked batman we've talked dc we're gonna get back to some some of our uh, tried and true segment of dates um you know as the years go on we hit 25th anniversaries we hit 20 anniversaries of movies 30 35 all that stuff um but one of them i really want to mention it's it's an odd number it's not a it's not a fun 25th anniversary thing but in 1998 on august 21st which is actually the day that we're recording right now um Blade was released. There are worse things out tonight than vampires. Like what? Like me. Half human. Blade's mother was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant. Half immortal. You got the best of both worlds. All our strengths. None of our weaknesses. He is their greatest fear. And our only hope. Something seasonal. Vampires. Oh, man. So, Blade, if, if, I mean, you can't ignore the Batman movies, but Blade is sort of the kickoff in some ways, I guess. I don't know if I'm, tell me if I'm wrong, but it's sort of in the kickoff. In many ways. Yeah, we in many ways, it's sort of the kickoff Blade. comic book. So, um, Ian, you basically jumped out of your chair when I said Blade. So, wow. <laughs> tell me. Man, <laughs> tell I wasn't us. expecting that at all. 1998, like, that's, that's some craziness. And, Definitely when you consider the modern era of superhero films, including the X-Men franchise, Blade is the one that kind of broke open the doors in terms of legitimacy. Like, we can do this, we can do a comic book property, and we can make it 
sort of last and stand the test of time. And, and well, I mean, man, not to take away from uh, 78 Superman, Donner Superman, and then, of course, 1989 Batman, which uh, actually my debut episode of Back in My Day, we talked about that uh, during the date segment. So 1989 Batman is like a staple without a doubt. But when you look at Blade and Wesley Snipes and what he brought to that character, he really took it into like a legitimate action sort of category of now we're like we're in the big leagues. Like you could have done you could have made Blade an MCU or you could have done a whole spinoff universe off of Blade. That's how good it was. It had a trilogy. If you wanted, yeah. you can mingle the the X Men characters. Like they could have done that stuff if they were really smart, but you know we just weren't there yet. But uh, but I think they're the, they're bringing back Blade, which is a testament to its popularity. Right. Uh, so we're gonna get Maharshan Ali, right? That's another thing. When they announced that they were doing Blade again, I think a lot of people's surprise was that this is not a typical, quote unquote, typical what we've seen over the last twenty years of Marvel movies or even DC for that matter. Like Blade is not the same type of comic book movie. Deadpool is as close as you're going to get to that. But well, it was the the Blade was the first R-rated one. Yeah, and I worry was... about Blade being in the MCU and then softening the edges because, like, right. well, if it's on like Disney Empire. Plus and stuff like that, I worry about that too. Yeah, because it is going to be an MCU movie, right? So I, I, yeah, because I. So what I'll say about Blade is because Ian, you kind of nailed it. The I think the first legitimate superhero movie, the Donner Superman. I think the Batman '89 also helped push push the superhero movies yeah but the but the comic book movie that started my love and the superhero started my love for these types of movies was blade and i think it's just because yeah. we were at that age 1998 we were all we were all like late 80s early 90s kids so and it was rated r which made it even cooler when you're 10 <laughs> it years was old. so cool <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and your parents didn't want you to see it and you know your friend had a copy and it was gory and wesley snipes was like the epitome of cool and yeah. um, yeah, first I mean, look at those glasses. Movie. Yeah, just look how awesome Wesley's like looking that movie. So <laughs> I love that movie so much. Yeah, that's played. That's like kicked off Marvel movies. And it doesn't get a nearly, nearly, nearly enough credit. I will say that. No one mentions it when they mention Marvel movies. They never, me- they always forget to mention Blade and how without Blade, you would never have the Marvel universe that you have today. And yeah. it needs to get its recognition. It should almost be like they always talk about Iron Man, but I think Blade deserves more credit because it helped them out also when they were in a tough time, like the company. It put the love of, of comic book movies into a whole generation like us. So uh, I, I fully like, agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I fully agree with that. I mean, yeah. many a bar night were spent uh, coming home to popping on Blade just for the opening scene alone. Like oh, that man. was crazy. Yeah, like you just real. pop that on, and then you know you might not make it through the whole thing, but at yeah. least you saw the opening scene. And that that was like, yeah. I, I watched that movie so many times. Maybe not all the way through, but definitely for the opening scene because that, yeah. that was and, crazy. So, and I look at how how maybe it's not the best thing that they made it so quickly, but it's not like the other two movies that they made are, are throwaways either. Maybe they're not as standout or whatever. Yeah, but the third I'd say like one, a steady decline, but like in the same way that like. Back yeah. to the Future is like it's, it's still a solid good. trilogy. Second one, yeah. Guillermo del Toro, and it's good. Third yeah, yeah the crash, second one, but... I remember I went to that in theaters a couple times. Like, I was like, yeah, I was jazzed. I think I did see the second one in theaters as well. Yeah. Um, but like the third one, they made three movies. The third one came out in 2004. So that's three movies in six years. That's really quick. And maybe that 
is why they the, sort of uh, declined a little bit. But the Ryan also, Reynolds and the Jessica Biel like characters are the kind of the, the yeah. weak sauce in there. Yeah. But uh, but, but at the same time, it's still like a decent so action ago. movie. Yeah, 2004 is so long ago now that so much has happened since then that you remember maybe the second or third one, but you forget. I don't know. Maybe I'm finding an excuse for why. I think it Ryan credit, Reynolds but... has looked back at his like pre Deadpool superhero days and, and like noticed a serious flaw in how he is approaching it. And now he's corrected that. Yeah. And he's really do- dove in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, I think, you know, it is what it is that third one, but like the, sure. the first two are like Terminator, Terminator 2 level, but like of the 90s. Yeah. I'll skip ahead a couple of days. August 25th, 1997. I know. That we've probably, t- if anyone's been listening for a while, we've talked about this on average once a month is my guess. But <laughs> but the date of release in 1997 was GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64. So we don't have to go crazy talking about it because we have for a while. But you have to acknowledge GoldenEye and what it is and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the I remember... Computer. Yeah, exactly. So I love every time we bring it up. I think it's come up like <laughs> half the episode. <laughs> I'm telling it, yeah. It's gotta be like once a month or something, like for sure, at least. Um and going on over a year. So it's uh it hey, it is what it is, right? It's it's yeah, that kind yeah. of game. So and I mean still this, no odd job. And still no well, odd job. It's funny yeah. that you you say odd job because speaking of uh, I've mentioned you guys have been playing Dead by Daylight. Someone yeah. was like, oh, if they had Chucky in this game as one of the killers, it'd be exactly like Ajab in 007. <laughs> it's just a little character just running across the screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. And then uh, on uh, August 26th, 1983, so we'll go further back. You do the theme, eh? Oh. <clears throat> Good day. Oh, do, do our new movie theme, eh? Yeah, okay. Okay. Good day, I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? Welcome to our movie, eh? Okay, our topic is uh, movies. Strange Brew was. Uh, oh, nice. Was, uh, so that's something that I don't think we've really talked about yet. We but, haven't. Uh, Rick Moranis classic. Yeah. That a, movie is so good. Oh, my God. Classic, I guess, classic Canadian. Mm-hmm. goofy comedy stuff right so i don't know if it's if it's as big for for us or, or for people that we know um as it would be in other countries potentially um because it's not it's not austin powers right like austin powers was the mike myers and i think at that point maybe mike myers is a little bigger than what these guys were at the time and and everything but like it's not it's not mike myers or austin powers it's not um you know wayne's world it's not it's very Canadian. Uh, it's very, very Canadian. So it's but it, but it's also not even um, you know Trailer Park Boys, right? Like that is very no, overly stereotypical Doug, Canadian. Uh, Mackenzie were really yeah. big in in America. Were they? Really? I, I don't know that. Yeah. yeah, I remember watching the like um, two four reunion special, and Rick Moranis actually came back to it, and they were talking about, it and they like we were kind of young back then, but man, yeah. they were like a phenomenon. They were like at the MTV Movie Awards, and like great, like they got the movie, like they were. Uh, Americans were eating it up like they were a huge hit. It wasn't just in Canada, and yeah. actually, some Canadians might have been annoyed by the like stereotypical performance, but it was hilarious. Well, if you and, ask uh, me, like what you just said, kind of lends to why the third act the way is the way it is. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of yeah. it kind of makes sense if you think about it. Yeah. Do you guys true. know the story about how the characters got started? Because it's actually a funny story. Um. No, I don't think I so. don't think I've heard that oh. one. You so, got queued up, Mike. Go for it, yeah. man. <laughs> no, I just, my dad told me this because my dad's a huge fan. But um, so you, you, Dave, you're in 
Canadian broadcasting, so you know about like Canadian content laws, right? Yep. So there's Canadian content laws to promote Canadian artists. You have to have so much Canadian content. For example, on your radio station playing music, you have to play so many um, Canadian bands per hour, whatever the, whatever the heck it, it is. is. Right. So SCTV was a Canadian show, Canadian comedy show. And then I guess the government officials went to them and was like, you guys need more Canadian content on your show, right? And like trying to dictate what they put on their show. And I guess Rob Thomas and... Um, Oh my God, was they escaping me? Uh, Rick Moranis, as a joke, we're like, okay, if you're forcing us to put Canadian content in our show, we're going to do like the most stereotypical, like stupid Canadian, like <laughs> make you look bad, make you guys look bad kind of sketch. And so they would put those sketches at the end just to like satisfy the like, the like Canadian content law, just as a throwaway, like totally unscripted, just being idiots, like didn't think anything would happen of it. And then everyone loved it and it took off into these like incredible characters. So that's amazing. That's the legend of Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah. That's great. That's if awesome. They had, if they had SCTV and let's say, I'm, assu- I'm assuming it was like a half hour show, I would say that they need uh, offhand, I don't know the exact percentage at that <laughs> time, obviously, but I would say about 10 to 15% of their show would probably have to be, or 25% of the show would have to be Canadian content at least. So if they right. tack on those skits for that are five minutes long at the end of the mm-hmm. show, then they're perfect. Then they're golden, right? Exactly. And they can do whatever they want exactly. the rest of the half hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, it's perfect. Exactly. So it's that's so hilarious. So yeah. And oh going back to '83, I mean, that's that's quite a yeah. It's it's older than older I thought. Wine. For some reason, I thought it was maybe a '90 or an '88 or something like that. Like, but what's the most recent thing you remember seeing Dave Thomas in? Like for me, it's probably <sighs> Rat Race. Oh man, sure. I even forgot he would be, he was in that, but now that you say, yeah, he was. What I didn't realize was I knew that they wrote it. I didn't realize that it was their director, directorial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I guess it's Um, sort of like their baby if it came from SCTV and they sort of came with it, I guess, is is part of it. And then Max von Sydow, rest in peace as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So good in that movie. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I'll go back to games because there's there's one that that we talked about just a couple weeks ago. Mike was was talking about uh, when we were talking about Easter eggs just a few weeks ago. So on August thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, the first Tony Hawk came out. Oh, nice! So that ties back to what we talked about just a few weeks ago. Also, the Tony Hawk one and two sort of remake reboot things are coming out in the next little while as well. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, so ninety nine, the first one that was on the sixty four and PS one, so they they came out at the same time, but kicked off how many games that were similar to this and in other sports like there was a bmx game there's it but there, i mean you can't deny that tony hawk was just the one oh, right? tony it always hawk was, was amazing yeah. like yeah. even if it never had any sequels that game was standalone for sure yeah, yeah. i agree yeah, um, yeah. but all the sequels were pretty fun as as mike described but uh, <laughs> like the, all the, the but that, that original stuff, yeah. was just it was such a bomb way of escape i don't know how else to say it. like playing a skateboarding game like yeah. How 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 else would you imagine? Like before then, you would never have imagined. But like it's just it's so good the way they did it. I mean, there are other games like BMX games and other snowboarding games that are amazing. Yep. But I think Tony Stock, uh, Tony Stock, Tony Stark, <laughs> Tony, uh, Tony Stark on the board, Tony Stank. Yeah, Tony Stank <laughs> should be an Easter egg in, in the new one. Um, but uh, Tony Hawk set a precedent, set a standard for those kind of games. So yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I'm going to jump into September because it's just the next day and I just want to get this in. And I want I just I always want to hammer this home. Mike's going to you guys are I know Mike's Mike thinks I'm wrong. 1992 on September 1st in North America. So it was in Japan before uh, Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart came out 
for the Super Nintendo. Oh. I say oh, that, and it's it's I yeah it's still my favorite one, and I say that it is miles better than the one on the N sixty four. So where's um, Jordan? You conveniently left him out of this discussion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right, Jordan too. Yeah, exactly. He's the opposite end of the spectrum, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He says he yeah. dislikes this one, and he was like that. I mean, the N sixty four is not bad. I just think that this one is. I mean, I, I feel like power is on the same wavelength as me on this one, but uh, yeah, me too. I I'm not a fan of this SNES one. It's they improved. They've been. I, I feel like the newest one is the best one. I think it's only gotten better and like yeah, the they, that's only true. Tighter and but that's true. Yeah. They, they, the newest one is insane. Number number eight is like it's crazy how tight it is, how much content they have in it and stuff. It, pro- yeah. it probably is the best one. Yeah. For me, though, it's we talk about the way Mario 64 broke ground from the platformer to the 3D, mm-hmm. and that's kind of I know it's not the same, but that's kind of what Mario Kart did for me. It was like that was the one that got played the most, and that's the one I think about when I think of Mario Kart. And the other ones are like yeah. fun and maybe improvements, but it's not like the same nostalgia factor. There's yeah. something of, about of playing. Um, Mario 64, it being like the simplicity of it. You know what I mean? Like the new ones are a bit complicated. The battles in the new one just aren't the same. It's too complicated. I don't. Really oh, know what's going OG on. battle on sixty-four every day. Three balloons every day. and like. Yeah, yeah the yeah, battle on the so Super Nintendo is the best. That's the best one. <laughs> nice I like Block Fort in sixty-four over oh, the, the square. Oh, Block Fort's good. Yeah, whatever Blockfort, it is, that's a good one. Yeah, it's got the four the four corners right with the towers or whatever. Yeah, you know that one. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah, um, I just had to. I just had to. Poke the bear a little bit. That's why I had to mention that one. <laughs> there you go. I want, then, see, uh, I want to see your 3D version of paint, though. Let's bring that back. Ooh, let's do paint. Yes, I'll talk about paint all day. <laughs> I'll talk about that all day. Okay, that's, um, that's honestly something. If we could get some retro gaming going on on Twitch, that's that's what I want to see you play. I think I still have it, though. I think I still have my Mario Paint stuff. I don't know that I have the mouse pad, but I know I have the game... Somewhere. The mouse pad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know it's if I mouse... have the super link mouse <laughs> <Yeah>. pad. <laughs> the super advanced plastic gray mouse pad. <laughs> yeah. I know I have it at the house at my parents' place somewhere. Um, I definitely know I have the cartridge. I don't know if I have the attachment, but um, yeah, no, I, I have. I've been playing some retro stuff. I played like the uh, NBA Jam. I'm almost done. I'm so close. I'm almost done. Um, I've almost beat every team with the Bulls. So. Uh, nice. I think I think I have a, still about like three teams left or something. So, um, so that's been good. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's about it, guys. We uh, we got ourselves into September, and um, let's not think about it too much because uh, we still have a couple weeks of summer left. So I don't want to jinx it or anything, but just <laughs> keep our fingers crossed that we can still go outside and at least enjoy it when we have our chance. So um, well, it was nice like, you could finish off a game and bring us into September. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just poke the bear while they do it at the same time. Um, <laughs> Mike, if anyone wants to watch some of our retro games or even some of our new ones, because we're still playing uh, Warzone and stuff a lot, but uh, where's everyone going to be able to keep up with us? Back in my day, games on Twitch. Day back in on social media, and the podcast is called Back in My Day. Find us on your podcast app of choice. Boom. There it is. Okay. Boom. Uh, Gents and everyone listening, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Everybody, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your friggin' mask, and uh, let's get back to normal as quick as possible. So, <laughs> how about that? Agreed. <laughs> All right, guys. Sounds thanks good. so much. We'll talk to you soon.
from SCTV. It's Bob and Doug McKenzie spilling across the screen this summer in Strange Brew. Nice voice, Hoser. Thank you. Beauty. <laughs>